Welcome to CADcast. I'm your host, Nick Sweeney, and continuing on with our 30-year series, and this is the second, I am planning on having one more episode at least, about CAD and kind of what's changed in the last 30 years of CAD. But continuing on with our series, today we're talking about data management. And to do that, I, of course, had to bring on my dad as a guest once again, Jeff Sweeney. He's been on several times now. Talk about that in the first couple seconds of the episode. And I also brought Joe Frank back in. I enjoy talking to both of these guys separately uh, about data management because they've both seen quite a bit, but they have very different experiences. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to have those discussions with both of them on the show at the same time to just give some perspective about, you know, what what did they see back in the last 30 years to evolving from file cabinets to a, a file management system that's virtual on a computer to what's going to happen in the next 30 years. And we did a little bit into the fileless data management of the future that we're kind of expecting to happen. There's a lot of fun conversation here, so I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, so with that, without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Joe Frank and Jeff Sweeney about the future, the past, and the present of data management. Joining me this week to talk about the past, present, and future of data management, I've got two guys that basically have been in the industry for these last 30 years to talk about data management. Uh, they both went on the podcast before. Uh, Jeff Sweeney, my dad, he's on for his sixth, seventh time, whatever it is. And Joe Frank, I think it's your second appearance on the podcast. Guys, welcome back. Good to have you. I think this is my first one since it's not been in pod. It's, I like what oh. you did to the place. It looks really nice. <laughs> Very classy. Hey. I, I actually know that this is your second time on because you made that same joke the first time you were back on. <laughs> you, well, you got a good way to stick with it. <laughs> well, you two are are the quintessential people I think about with like, okay, what can we talk about with PDM? Because Dad, I originally had you as my guest for this, but then I realized, wait, Joe is Mr. Pencils to PDM. <laughs> that is, you say it in all of your demos, and it fits really, really well because you've kind of seen this evolution of data management from we used file cabinets and stored our, our designs in fireproof safes to now we store them in a PDM vault and we're looking at the 3D experience platform as kind of this future. So I thought, hey, let's have both of you on to kind of talk about your experiences with data management, what we've seen throughout these last 30 years, how you've kind of seen it changing and, and kind of where you see the tides going forward. So I don't have to ask the what version of SOLIDWORKS was the first one because you've already both answered that question. I, Joe, I don't remember your answer, but I know that we've already kind of covered that in the past. So let's just kind of talk about data management and, and how you guys remember, I guess it would have been like 92, like the early days of when we're starting to really get into using computers for, for CAD design and things like that. Joe, let, Joe let's start with you because you're penciled to PDM. How do you remember kind of that transition from like, hey, we're... We're managing data back in the early 90s and kind of that transformation that we've seen. In the 90s? We were managing data way before the 90s. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. The data was a piece of paper, wasn't it? And that fireproof vault it was. smelled. And, you know, I kind of chuckled. I thought, oh, data management, you know, it starts with the advent of the computer. And I thought, no, we had dock control personnel and managing that data in a vault and running changes and revision tables through and Xeroxes and blueprints and all that. But yeah, we were doing management of data back then. And you're absolutely right. When we started to do our our 
engineering drawings on a CAD system, we thought, well, we'll just save them on our hard drives. And then when we started that, you know, conundrum of how are we going to manage this data? How are we going to, oh, well, we'll folder it just like we do in the vault. Well, that makes good sense. We're going to have files and folders and it's going to be an electronic version of the vault. But you're absolutely right. It, uh, we, we learned that we could track the drawings pretty nicely because we were saving them with revision control like everybody does and put it in a file name. And that seemed pretty rational. And we weren't really thinking about hard drive space at the time. But uh, that, that's how we initially started doing it, saying, well, you know, with the advent of the Windows environment, we had files and folders. And the, the naming convention of the files was the way that we controlled obsolete um, and older versions or revisions of files, depending on what terminology you want to use. I think it's yeah. funny that. Top of the line. Well, that yeah. was it for you. Yeah, so my, my first gig was uh, we were an AutoCAD 9 house. And the way it worked was uh, there was four different divisions. And uh, each one of us had our own set of prints. So I'd go out to the to the shop and pull the print that I wanted. I'd redline it up, take it over to my drafter. And then the drafter, what he would do is he had a big box full of uh, five and a quarter floppies. And he would go through and, and dig up and find that five and a quarter floppy, uh, find that drawing and update it. Then every night, all the changed five and a quarter floppies went to the headquarters. And there was somebody's job to take those five and a quarter floppies that were updated and update the other four divisions. So we all had, as of every night, the latest data set. And then it's like the, an intern's version of, of PDM's yeah. replication now. Kind of, yeah. And then, <laughs> so the box then would go back to each individual drafter and the day would start over again. And so that's how we did it. We, uh, we, we, on occasion, we would run into an issue where both of us, two engineers, would modify a file at the same time. But luckily, we were divided enough that it didn't happen a lot. But if it did, we had to pull out the prints and uh, duke it out between the two of us and figure out whose uh, who's design change wins. So that was our uh, PDM management system. Some poor little girl in the, in, in the headquarters had to copy files, a bunch of floppies. Oh, wow. yeah, we, we didn't have... A network till maybe my second job we had a, a nice novel network uh, but even then we were still nothing as fancy as what joe was we we uh we just threw the files in a in a folder each one of us had our own folder and we named it whatever we wanted and, and uh, came up with our own revision scheme it was a mess you know, it's funny you say that, Jeff. Yeah, I think about it. I, we were lucky because uh, I think in my first two jobs that involved CAD major uh, in a major manner, both of them were automotive companies. And even though the network was rudimentary by today's standards, it was that. You know, and yeah, okay, backups were done on, as you talked about, five and a quarter. I flash back to the, the first CAD system I ever used. I can't even remember the name. It was before the days of AutoCAD and CAD key. And, made right here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I remember it being on a, what was the larger floppy uh, before the, the high density floppy. and double densities? No, this was like a, like a 12 inch or so, 13 inch floppy. Oh. It was huge. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember it, it took like two hours to load the CAD system <laughs> through the floppy. Gosh. And then like we go counter tape drive almost. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Comma one and comma eight, comma one. <laughs> uh oh, we're dating ourselves. Yeah. The good old days. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are losing me, but okay, go on, go on. 38,911 bytes free for those Commodore 64 junkies out there. Yeah. Bytes. <laughs> 
fights free after loading basics. Anyways, yeah, um, you know, you're right, Jeff. I, I had a network of some form and just like our backups, I think about, uh, as you mentioned, the poor girl that was having to do the five and a quarters. I remember every night. The boss would go in before we left work and he'd go to the because by then we were heading towards the mainframe for the CAD system. And it was a mammoth platter set of like 10 or 12 discs. And they were like, a, in my mind's eye, they were a foot and a half in diameter and a big plastic, like a giant Tupperware case. And he did a quarter turn and he lift that platter up off carefully and set it in a big heavy cabinet and pulled out another one and put it down on there. And they were doing the backups. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Of course, that was back when we had walls and walls of those reel-to-reel tapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you, you had CAD data on reel-to-reel tapes? Yes, yes. Oh, As a matter cool. of fact, we we had we had backups that were um, – we had daily, weekly, monthly. They were all on tapes, and they were organized and labeled so that you knew which tape you were grabbing to rewrite that night to do the backups. And then we had the platters that I know we had a primary and a backup platter. And uh, it seemed like as we got larger, we had to have multiple platter assemblies because we couldn't fit everything on one platter. So it was like, oh, that's on platter two. Somebody's got to go uh, mount platter two for us so we can get those CAD files off of it. But that was that so was did, bad. did you have revision control? Yes, it was. It all, we, all we did was take it from the print and we started putting it right in the name of the file. That's all we could think of, it's, you know, and then, of course, that's probably one of the reasons why we were killing our drives, because we were throwing it in the name of the file. And, and of course, we had to keep every version or revision back then, and you didn't dare obsolete anything. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it, it's kind of amazing hearing about these systems of data management, and I I laugh a little bit because you guys are talking about, yeah, we, we name our files a certain way so we can keep track of them. Joe, you're saying you put the, the revision in the file name. And now, Dad, now you, you and I sp uh, scope a lot of migrations. It's like if people are doing that, I mean, as long as you're consistent, I guess it's okay, but it's kind of a pain of creating a file history. But before PDM system, like that was the only way you could do revision history outside of like having the physical prints of the files. I think it's kind of funny how just the practices have changed how it was like this is what we had to do and now it's like you don't have to do that but a lot of people still do it they still follow those same practices here 20 30 years later <laughs> it's, a, it's a little different because we're looking at solidworks right naming files in solidworks is hard renaming files in solidworks we're talking joe and i are both talking autocad stuff right so it's not that yeah. big of a deal to, to rename a file there but once you start getting into solidworks that's when Revision control got nasty. Oh but yeah, renaming files was was a lot of work. Still is if you're still doing it that way. You're absolutely right. Matter of fact, I remember when you talk about that naming convention, Nick. Uh, one of our uh, programmers here actually was elated when he found that we had a very rigid naming convention yeah. for all of our files because he said, "Is it really eight digits underscore the description underscore rev underscore in the letter?" And we're like, "Yeah." Been doing it that way for 20 plus years. Got a half million files that way. And he said, Oh, I can parse those apart and bring those into the PDM environment. And he wrote the script, said, I can, I can. I remember us doing that parsing program years ago with Brendan saying, He said, Because of your scrutiny and your naming convention, he says, You're making my life easy on making the code. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the consistency. Yeah. It's, just, it's crazy important if you ever want to automate anything. Exactly. Automate, in your case, automate getting the data out. Exactly. Yeah. 
but yeah, you're right. I remember when we were dealing with the AutoCAD and and uh, for me, it was CAD key, you know, it was, we were duking it out back in the college days. Those two were at the top, but there wasn't no parametric attitude. There wasn't no child yeah, references. Attitude. Yeah, everything was so simple. Just save it, rename it, move it. Who cared? <laughs> yeah, yeah move, move folders around, move files around. Yeah. Rename it all day. That, it's uh, ah, the good old days. Yeah. So do you guys remember, Joe, I know you kind of alluded to it a little bit ago, but when you first started switching to like a formal data management tool, was what was the first one that you guys went to? Did you go to, um, and I guess a formal tool, not like, yeah, we're just storing it in Windows folders, but I mean, a tool like SolidWorks PDM or something that you might have used back before that. Do you guys remember what that was like, what that transition was like, how hard those questions were to answer of like, can, can we really do this? Are we ready for it? Um, do you remember kind of those conversations? Designers hated it. <laughs> yep. They still do. Yeah. Yep. yeah. You mean I have yeah, to have a yeah. license to grab a file? Yes, you do. <laughs> we, we went DBWorks, and um, and the, the 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 users had you know they, they were used to being a cowboy, right? Name it whatever they want, put it in the files, and it was making a mess because by this time we were on SolidWorks, and it was very hard to do and we put that data in db works and, and it started doing it and the guys didn't like the structure they didn't like to have to make sure they check files in and check files out they felt it was more work they never saw and and right how would they 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 never saw the downstream type uh, advantages the advantages that the other people in the organization were seeing by having a, a pdm package so it was, it was uh it was one of those things you're going to do it and you're going to like it and um, we we had to lay down the the, the the big lumber and tell them that's that's we're going to do it this way. We've decided a company to do it. And um, if you weren't willing to to play with the PDM package, then your job is to document your designs. And if you're not documented the way we're paying you to do it, what value do you have to our company? And so. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't lose any friends, but I, certainly uh, when I was walking down the hallway, people would go to the other side of the hallway. <laughs> You're not alone, Jeff. <laughs> I remember when we started to implement back then uh, with with uh, the big three in automotive, um, we started having to work with Team Center, and we had to start thinking about revision control. And of course, then we were starting to get into our uh, QS. Back then, it was QS 9000 and trying to get into audit compliance. And the only way we could pull it off, because we really, our minds weren't wrapping around a data management tool electronically. So our, our minds quickly fell back to old school. So we said, okay, the, the audit trail is going to be based on those physical printed drawings that are still stored in the vault, even though the masters are in the, in the vault. We started, you started seeing things on title blocks like CAD is master. And that drawing yeah, yeah, was yeah. kind of reference. And you're like, ooh, at that point in time, like you started to smell, there was a shift. And and as we affectionately nicknamed them in the cat area, they became prima donnas because they didn't want to change. They wanted to have that cowboy wild, wild west attitude and management and the customers and QS were demanding procedure. And the document control person all of a sudden became that big heavy hitter because they started to control you didn't do this right you didn't process that change right you didn't make that print right it doesn't have the right approvals and it's like oh that's when it started to evolve that's when a true document control system and for me after team center that's uh, the very next one for me fortunately or unfortunately was uh the old work group 
you know so oh, to man. me it was sanity you know to see that come to life inside solidworks war realm because you know, as we all know it it stopped some of that that cowboy attitude yeah, you always had problems with the older guys, right? That had been on the drafting board, and they're used to every print they did was a piece of art, and yes. it was right. You get some of those guys would do beautiful lettering and and fantastic type of of things, and but uh, as a company that. There's no return on investment for that kind of stuff, especially when you go to CAD, right? It's document your designs and move on. And uh, yep. the guys fought it because it wasn't theirs, right? They they, tend, they didn't have a, their Picassos anymore with their signs in the corners. Pride and authorship, you know, all of a sudden yeah, it was yeah. forced to fade. And you're absolutely right. Uh, some of them embraced it nicely uh, because they were glad to see how quickly we can make changes and not worry about, you know, how do you write? We don't write. We draw. We draw everything, including our letters, including those paragraphs of notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People think, oh, writing is, is a passing art and i'm like yeah and then you you ain't understood it till you had to take a 24 by 36 sheet of paper and do eighth inch tall you know capital letters and Little do the text. entire alphabet and fill that whole 24 by 36 and then your boss would say okay you're ready to start being a draftsman <laughs> it's like oh i hate that my fingers would cripple up i took out a yeah. notebook the other day and i was just writing down some notes and it's weird writing is writing I don't do it as much as I did, obviously, when I was in school. So I was like, wait, that is OK. This is how my hand's supposed to move. But God, this feels weird. It's the only thing I write at this point. It's like when I sign my name on stuff. And yet we all can remember when signing our name on a check or signing our name on anything was normal and using a keyboard felt foreign. And and now it's quite the other way around. And Nick, you're not alone. I, I had to write checks, you know, like I was telling you guys. I was doing a lot of stuff here, batching it for a little bit of time. And and I was doing bills and checks. And and all of a sudden, I was like, wow, we actually still use checks? Yeah, two or three of the accounts are still manual. Everything else is electronic and online. And I giggled mm -hmm. when I wrote the check. I was like signing my name going, oh, this feels so foreign. So yeah, yeah I wrote right. a check yesterday and yeah. I was looking at the registers and wow, we have not written a check in two months. Yeah, that's how we were, right? Like three a month. And I went, yeah. wow, <laughs> I'm going to get those switched over to electronic. But yeah, you're I, right. It's, I can't remember slow. the last time I wrote a check, honestly. Yeah. Like I've, I've got my checks behind me and it's like, you know, I couldn't tell you the last time I wrote one. <laughs> it's It's just this entire shift like we've seen that a ton of things change in the last 30 years and that's part of the whole series of podcasts i'm doing like we did electrical uh you know, state of management we're gonna do cad um and of course want to have rich and rod on too to kind of talk about like the company in the last 30 years and what it's been and, and what we're wanting to do with it but it's just amazing this entire shift like kids now aren't even really learning cursive to which i say well how do you expect to sign your name oh wait that's probably going to go away at some point in time it's going to be instead of signing your name on on a on a check that the waiter gives you you'll do your thumbprint or something like that i, I don't know how we'll do that but you know that's how i authenticate so many things now it's with my it's with my phone and with my thumb and with us with a login so i mean it's kind of the way we're going but it's kind of funny to think about how different it all is yeah yeah yeah, and look how far we've come with facial recognition, you know? You grab that iPad and you pick it up, and it's just, you, you get frustrated if you have to enter a password or log in. It's like, yep. wow, how far have we come? <laughs> well, then you know, what is my password? I've entered it in two weeks. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And then you type it oh, in, yeah, right? Oh, wait a minute. You mean you got to go grab that piece of paper, that cheat sheet you write them all down on? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's the same thing. As, I mean, because remember when Microsoft Hello came out? Everybody hated it. And now just what you're saying now is, boy, I can't imagine living without it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I know that all three of us have smart devices sitting probably a little bit too close for us, and there's a decent chance they'll go off if we say the wrong thing. Yep. I, yes, I can remember what it's like to not have them, but, man, it's nice to be able to just say wake-up command here and get an answer to whatever question I want. Like, hey, I, I need to see a recipe for banana bread because I'm probably going to be making that later. I can have her tell me that, and, and we can all do that. And it's just it's kind of the transformation of like, where do we find data? Where does it live? Uh, just kind of in the, the quote real world outside of work. Like, how do we find stuff? What do we do? How do we manage things? Yes. I have a cheat sheet. I have my, my solvers bar portal password sitting right there on a post-it note, but that's like the only thing I've written down in my entire <laughs> department. I don't write anything. Yep. So it's kind of incredible. Yeah. We've come so, a long way. So that I know that you got more into if we kind of shift gears away from, you know, what was it in industry to how does all this work now in, in the um, SolidWorks PDM world, that I know that you kind of jumped on to the reseller wagon right around the time SolidWorks PDM really started to come into focus and it started to become a mid-time tool. So I'll ask you first, since you've kind of seen it from, I guess, the back end of things, you didn't see it so much from the consumer consumer perspective. How have you seen the evolution of SolidWorks PDM from from like 2006 to to now uh, as a tool? Those are probably mostly usability. The, the, the fact that it, it, so that the user interface and the access to the files is, is significantly easier than it ever used to be. And the bill materials are calculated for you on the fly. It's, um, I, I, yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna say is, is that the, the biggest thing that I've seen uh, over PDM since the old Canisio days is is that uh, it's faster and access to the files is is more intuitive and a lot of that hard lifting that you used to always have to do all that renaming and everything um, you don't have to do that anymore and because PDM is doing that hard yucky stuff uh, for you it's it stays out of the way and it, it's it gets adopted easier by the users. Joe, what about you? Because you used PDM in industry before you got mm -hmm. into the reseller channel. So how did you see it from your perspective? And obviously, in the last several years in the reseller channel, and now you kind of see it from the back end. For me, it was never dreaming that a bill of material could be part of data management. Yeah. It was never, never even a dream in the early days, because just as much as we're talking about drawings and document control and all that, that bill of material was, you know, I was in the convertible top industry, you know, so you think of an extremely complex, complex mechanism with just hundreds, if not thousands of parts, when you think of the hydraulic pumps and cylinders that pushed them up and down. And, and, and you think we had to manually create those indented bills of materials. And, and and we were elated when something like you know Excel came to you know land or yeah, uh, yeah. some of the tools even before Lotus. that. Lotus yeah. one two three. One two three. Thank you. I was trying <laughs> to think. Thank you, Jeff. My mind was was escaping the name. That was what was it before that? An electronic workbook. That oh my gosh, we were building them. It's just in our minds. I we were building them on the fly. And of course, there was still somebody comparing that to the CAD to make sure 
You know, and it was a manual effort. We had to look at the bill they created and made sure our CAD model matched. And I couldn't even tell you how we did it, but I remember it was an arduous chore, even just to make a running change. But for me, the number one thing was beyond the shadow of a doubt was a bill of material that, that all of a sudden started becoming part of the data management tool. Kind of funny that that was a that was such a, a pipe dream for you early on, but now we had to come out with SolidWorks Manage because it's like, well, now we need bill of material management that absolutely has to be part of data management. It's kind of funny that it shifted so much from, you know, this would be awfully cool, but there's no way that could ever be a, a reality. Now every designer, well, how does this manage bill of material changes when I start adding consumables? Like, okay, here's a tool that is geared towards bill of material management. I, I can almost hear some of the guys, I, I could see their faces when they'd say, oh, that bill material you give us, that's nothing. That, that, that You don't have a clue of how we really build that top or build that pump. You're forgetting all the materials that go into that. And we were looking, I'm like, what do you mean? We gave you a complete bill of material. And I remember the guy saying, oh, yeah, here, let me talk about the oil you put in your hydraulic pump. You think that's free? Let me talk about the lubricant you put on the various seals, and different seals got different lubricant just for assembling them. And it was critical that that correct lubricant got used to assemble them, or it would damage the seals. And I'm like, oh, I forgot all about all that, you know. And he said, oh yeah, how about a wonderful thing called paint and grease and Loctite? You know, oh, forget Loctite on a fastener, and you're gonna have an unhappy customer. And then you know, it just started to grow. And he says, here, I'll give you one that we consume tens of thousands of pounds. And I said, what? And he goes weld wire and i went oh yeah he says you think about it back in the days it was stick welding but then they went to the wire welding and they were using just spools upon spools and i never thought about it and he says that's a real bill of material <laughs> but you're right now manage says, oh yeah we can pick that up put those in as commodity items those consumables name yeah. bill materials they're the best so we've we've kind of seen it shift where now it's it, it's stuff we can all now consume digitally but there's there is a fun conversation and it's one that i started having with keith and brandon and it gave us all three a headache so we kind of moved on where you know we started with physical pieces of paper now we're in physical files that are stored in generally in, in pdm it's on it's on the archive server if you're using um Manager, I guess it's that same thing. These are still physical files that are stored on a server. And, and I know that you both know where I'm going with this. Now we're going to a world where we probably won't really have physical files all that much longer. And in some cases, we don't necessarily use physical files now because. So some bad story for the for the listeners that haven't maybe they haven't listened to Keith Brandon and I talk about this yet. The 3D experience platform, in some cases, does not seem to really have physical files. Not until you go through and say, I need this as a physical file downloaded to my machine. But they're not going to store five different versions of your CAD model as a step file, as an IGES, as a SOLIDWORKS assembly, and as the 3D XML, and as some other file type. They're not going to store five versions of that. Instead, you'll say, you'll request it, and it will then give you that file. So say, like Google isn't storing a, a Google Doc as a Word document or as a text document. They're just storing the bytes of data, and then when you ask for it, they convert it, and then you download that physical file. So now we're kind of seeing that world of physical files. And I'm curious both of your thoughts on this. I think I know. Um, but for the listeners, how much longer do you think we're going to have physical files? Because we're talking about the past, present, and future. You know, the last 30 years, 
30 years from now, do you think we're going to use physical files at all? Let's hope not. I mean, think, think of all these sob stories that we've been talking at this point. It's all because files are a pain in the butt. Moving uh, five and a quarter floppies around because, because of files control and then renaming files. And and if, if there's something bad about our jobs, it's maintaining these little files. So if we can get rid of those. Corrupt files. Corrupt files, we can get rid of those and, and put everything in a database. And and I mean, we have that today, right? Even the, the free version of SQL Express, you can just put a bookmark down in time, say, hey, I want to be able to go back to this. And so that's all we need now in the future is say, okay, here's my component and what it looks like right now. Let's stamp this as revision A. You can continue working on it and that kind of stuff, but it's nothing more than a point in time it is all we need for revision control. Record that time and we can always go back to that point in time because databases have that kind of capability. But for the people that are going to wonder, you know, well, isn't that a file then? Isn't that point in time saying this is that file? What's what's the response to that? What is the answer to that? It's not a file like what you and I know. It's a database entry. It's a it's records in, in, in a database and they can be moved and they can be a, a adjusted and changed and multiple people can do them. The same. Imagine this, right? We have the ability even today with some of the X design stuff is that you and I could have the same part open and I can be pulling and you could be pushing. On, on these designs at the same time. And, yeah. and in the future, imagine a, a parametric part. And I could be working on a, a boss and you could be working on a fillet. And we could be working on the same. All you have to do is just basically say, hey, I'm working on this particular, you know, some sort of a way to block somebody else from making the exact same change. But it's probably just the same as you just click on that fillet and now that fillet is yours. That's how you check out a fillet now. You're just checking out features, and um, and the user don't, doesn't even think of it as checking it out. They're just clicking on it, and then behind the scenes, system goes, okay, now I can't let anybody else be changing that that fillet. Well, Jeff is doing it. Joe, I can see your mind going, oh my gosh! Can you imagine what that would have been like back in back in industry when you're designing <laughs> uh, when you're in automotive? Mind blown. I, I, I'm chuckling because I'll admit it. I'm the, the one of the gray haired guys that as, as Jeff, you started talking, I'm sitting here quietly listening, going, my mind is still trying to wrap its head around a fileless attitude. And I remember when we went vaultless and, and so many companies went to paperless. You know, because we said, well, no matter where the data is electronically, I know in my heart it's still a file. It's just electronic, and I still have a hard copy. Well, then we started to shed the hard copies, and now you're saying, mind blown. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shred the idea of a physical file. And I wanted to argue with you and say, well, what about pictures? What about a JPEG? What about family photos? We're always gonna have files. No, like you had said earlier, you know, you think about printing a file. You don't have to print a file, and that picture can still exist. The data is just ones and zeros, you know, at the end of the day. And it's not a, it's only made to the physical file level to soothe the human being's mind because that's how we've all lived from a paper society pre computer. Yeah. 30 years from now, no, we're, we're not going to be thinking like that, right? We, we're going to say, hey, I'm, I need to find that picture of me and that famous movie star and and uh, show it around to different people. I probably might go to print it. Why would I ever print something? I have it on my phone and mm -hmm. I show it off to that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean, printers. Because nothing stinks more than a grubby old printer and a printer driver and, and uh, 
and and ink and all that kind of stuff. Boy, <laughs> the fuck, ink. get rid of the ink. Oh, yeah, oh I had that whole tree. thing over the weekend. You, Dad, you know full well about that. I had to print out a parking yeah. pass to go park on the local. Uh, okay, I'll call him out to park at Ohio State. Um, and the uh, the parking entity there is a. Uh, a, a headache. Let's just leave it there. And my parking pass, I was three quarters of the way out of ink. So I got a <laughs> third of the letters I needed, but I could read the word parking pass and I was fine. And that's all I needed. But man, you're right. Printers suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, if, if we can get rid of printers out of our world, I think uh, we have a good future in front of us. Maybe not 3D printers because I... I I mean, this is a not a video podcast, but I mean, I have this little Pokemon on my desk. He's been all over LinkedIn. This is a 3D printer, and that's pretty darn cool. I'd agree with that. There's always a need for physical pieces. So I think the 3D printer, you know, we live in a physical world, so it's 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 rational. But you're right. That piece of paper, you know, I, I as I turn around and look and I go, I love my giant HP V size. Yes, I can put print tabloid 12 by 18 V size drawings. Well, okay, why do I need that drawing? Well, years past I needed to go out in the barn and I clipped it up on my clipboard with my magnet right next to the mill where I was using those levers, because no, it's not numerical controlled. It's you know, you got to crank X, Y, and Z to make a part. And I giggled. I went, yeah, you know, there's no reason why you're already interneted out in the barn. So you could just have your iPad up and be looking at that CAD file. And I went, oh, there I go saying the word file again. But I went, you know, there's going to be a time in the near future where I won't need that printer anymore. And I can't tell you last time I put cartridges in it. I hope they work. <laughs> they're expensive. <laughs> but keyword, they're ex you know, expensive. And I'm like, yeah. You get a boy out there them. in the middle of the field and do office space on it. Yeah, and destroy that printer. That'd be a, a happy day. <laughs> and it's about as big as that one from off space. I'll <laughs> I'll bring you guys up, and we'll go out back, and we'll take the sledgehammer. Oh, Day to destroy a printer, I'll be all over that. It's a party. <laughs> It'd be fun. <laughs> Joe, I, 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 I think we've kind of covered things, but I, I do think it's very interesting that you say, you know, we have files because we've always had files, but why yeah. do we really need them? And we need them because we as humans, like, we like to touch things, so tap. Tapped. Um, I don't. I can't remember the word. Um, it's the construct of our mind. It's you know. Yeah. We you know the, the the old thing you know chicken to the egg first you know thought or word. Well, the same thing comes with a computer. To us, everything is files. You know, everything we save and cherish is a file. That family photograph, that favorite song, that picture of Jeff coming up to that U of M library and checking out a cartoon, as we would say. <laughs> Coloring book. Come on, Coloring cartoons book. have words on them. Oh, okay. There's the got got to throw our little uh, battle back and forth between the state lines here. <laughs> go Bucks. Go blue. What? <laughs> okay. Go 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 <laughs> go. Uh, well, on that, I I think I will go ahead and wrap us up. Uh, Joe, Jeff, it's weird to call you Jeff. Um, thank you both for being on on this episode to talk about the last thirty years of data management, kind of like what we're doing what we're looking at going forward. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get rid of printers. That is a really, that's something I hadn't really thought about, but it sounds nice to be able to not have to print out a parking pass and pray to God that my half of it that's actually <laughs> legible will work. It's acceptable. That's funny. I do admit, because you're talking to a guy that at the beginning of this podcast, I was saying, files don't exist anymore. In the words of that old movie, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and as I'm listening to you too, I'm saying, Wow, this old gray-haired guy's actually a little excited for the future to say 
you know, if our life gets easier with data management, data migration, scoping these for our customers, and if we learn how to, just as you guys matured my thoughts on, on, oh, you know, keep your eye open for the future because it is a positive change. Yeah, because we all understand the pain that, as you said, you know, Jeff, you know, the files create, printers create, you know, we got to start talking to our customers and engaging them and preparing them for, you know, the platform and the fact that files are becoming a thing of the past. Yay. Yep. <laughs> and and I'll say the company line and say, I mean, CATI, we've been around for the last 30 years doing all this, and I'm sure we'll be around for the next 30 continuing to navigate all this. So um, I, I'm excited for the conversation going forward to see exactly what we get, how the platform matures, because I, I mean, the platform is the future. I think we can all recognize that. I'm excited to see how it continues to mature and see, you know, will we actually get to the point where people at least acknowledge, hey, we don't have files anymore. That'll be a pretty fun day. But uh, thank you both for joining me. Uh, that's all I've got for this week. So I will talk to uh, all of you listeners and, you know, I'll talk to you guys later too. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. See you. Quick programming note. I don't normally do these at the end, but I felt like this was important considering how I kind of ended that episode. I recorded this about a week before the news of Go Engineer bringing CATI into the Go Engineer family. So as I kind of talked about, like I know CATI will be around for the next 30 years. CATI as a brand won't be like we still are in the reseller channel still is, but we're now Go Engineer. So just wanted to make sure I threw that out there so that there's no confusion. Anyway, now that's actually all I have for this week. So see ya.